0: Hello, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just F and Send It podcast. This is truck cast number 10. And if it seems unusually, ew, right word? Un, why am I having a brain fart right now? If it seems louder than normal, let's put it that way, uh, it is because my rear differential is about to grenade so truck issues um is, rear end has been getting loud and louder and louder and so i had it taken i took it in and had a look at it and it's like yep it's your rear diff it's uh it's taking a shit i said okay so where are we on fixing it oh we got everything except for the uh gear and pinion and i was like okay so when are we gonna get that and the dealership was like oh, well, their parts are back ordered with no ETA. I said, well, that sucks balls because um, I need my truck fixed. And he said, I'm gonna see if I can't source one at another dealership. And he found one, it came in yesterday, and they can't get my truck into the shop till next Wednesday. So I'm sitting here riding dirty with a shitty uh, rear diff, and um, it sounds horrible. So hopefully it's not too bad, but I am currently driving. This is a truck cast through and through. I'm in the truck, homie, that's it. Uh, This this is the truck cast. So you're gonna have to deal with some road noise and shit. I do put my phone on airplane mode just so we don't get any uh, unwanted interruptions, as little as possible at least, but I'm sure I'll have probably four or five missed phone calls once I turn it back on uh, or off of airplane mode. So uh, we got... I didn't do a podcast after the match. Um, honestly, I was, like, super tired. I mean, everybody was. I didn't even talk to Jake Vibbert. Uh, I think I saw him once during the day. Um, and uh, I, I didn't even, like, I was headed to my next stage. Didn't, you know, want to waste any time and be kind of holding up the squad, so I kept it moving. And then um, I was just never around him. But, uh takeaways from that match i was definitely rusty uh off my belly uh prone uh three uh prone stages a uh, long range prone stages so targets from closest five to out to a thousand um three out throughout the match two on day one one on day two and i dropped three shots total on the long range stages so the gun with the dasher was dialed scope was good um uh off my belly stuff's a little tough i, I do want to put this out there and for anybody who has one i guess i'm sorry um, not really but um and anybody who sells them i'm not really sorry the tactical udder is the biggest piece of shit i've ever worst piece of shooting equipment i have ever used now i remember having a question back when i did the uh, listener question and answer episode What was the worst piece of gear I've ever bought? What was the best piece of gear? Well, as far as, I've never bought a piece of gear as bad as a tactical udder. But I have used it only by force. Last year, or year before last, it was on a cattle gate and ate an entire bucket of dicks with that bag. And then this year, so day one, uh, we shot a tank trap No problem. The only problem, well, yeah, there was a problem. The tank trap, for some reason, that stage, and this is my only qualm with the scope. I don't know how it happened uh, with the Minox, but somehow between the stage beforehand and then the time me getting on the tank trap, somehow my locking diopter spun like five revs. Like, it spun completely out. I get up to the stage and throw the rifle down on my game changer on the barricade or not barricade the uh, tank trap and i'm like holy shit what is where is my fucking reticle now that morning on my binos and a bunch of other guys the sun was coming up it was a lot of dew everybody's binos were like fogging up and i was thinking it was like is this fog what the fuck is this and my reticle was gone the the way I, I described what happened uh, to Jeff and CL afterwards, I was like, you remember writing with a pencil uh, when you were a kid, and then oh you mess something up, so you go to erase it with the with the eraser, but you can kind of see a shadow of the of the pencil what had what of what you erased. This was exactly like that. I could almost see a sha- excuse me a shadow of the reticle. And my dumbass proceeded to shoot that way. Um, I don't think I got a hit. And then I moved to a, another spot on the tank trap. And then I was like, let me play my parallax. play with my parallax and I could see the reticle a little better. And it was like the parallax was buried at that point. And I got, I think I picked up one hit. And then I moved to the next spot. I said, hold on a second. I moved my diopter. And I was like, oh, there it is. And then by moving my diopter, now my parallax is off because I had just adjusted it. Had I not messed with the parallax, the parallax would have been perfect. But I think I got like three hits on that stage. On the uh, But I'm super solid. I just couldn't see a reticle, and that was an issue. So um, that was day one. Day two was the same exact tank trap. Uh, a close target, you have to hit. All right, so you start on the top leg the top of the leg of the tank trap but you have to use the uh tactical utter bag so i was and i I was like man this i hate this fucking bag this is gonna suck i get up there and i believe i'm the first shooter of the day at this stage maybe not no i wasn't because jeff jeff didn't have a problem jeff fucking cleaned it jeff cleaned that stage so it was i believe an unlimited round count but to get off of your belly, you know, if you, for you to get to move from that first position, you have to get um, a hit with the udder bag on the end of the tank trap leg. And I think I got a one. I think, I mean, I blew through a mag, I hit it, then got down, and by the time I got down, the the, the time was out. Cause I was spending so much time trying to get steady on that bag, whereas the day before with just my game changer, I had no issues whatsoever. So I um, was very upset about that. Um, and just switchy wins, like literally we were all, all, all of us were fighting it. We were getting th- impacts with three different wind calls, and one was never the same as the last and if you did get hits then you you got lucky um or you know to where the wind held true or you're just better at spotting the change than some of us cl struggle with the wind um uh being switchy back and forth everybody everybody did but the gun the, the ai absolutely hammered it where i i mean did Not a single dope issue at all. No feeding issues with the Dasher. Um, No, nothing. Other than the diopter twisting, somehow, like, it didn't just roll over, like, one rev. It was twisted out five turns, I think. It was four or five turns, but it was literally backed all the way out. With, mind you, it's got a locking ring on it, and I had locked it, you know, prior, like, when zeroing the scope. So, what I did was I got it back right, and then got the doctor right, and then turned the lock ring, tightened the lock ring down, and then I did a grease pencil witness mark to make sure that, hey, if it's off of this, if, so I'm, I marked the actual ocular housing, I'm a straight line from the ocular housing to the lock ring to the actual diopter body. So if any of the three are out of line, then something ain't right in the middle. So, I've got that to look for. That's now, it is now a part of my checklist. And I did that shit um, every, every stage after that happened. I was like, okay, I'm looking at this. This is ridiculous. So, I don't know how it happened, but it, it is what it is. So, um, but you know, didn't shoot. I pulled a, a, maybe a handful of shots. I'm, I'm attributing that to just rust. I had maybe five or six, maybe more. Shots that as soon as I broke the trigger, I caught it. But oh, oh that was me, that was me. It, it was just, I mean, poor trigger pulls. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what else to call them. It was just literally yanked, and I promise you, they were all, every one of them was probably yanked high. That I can guarantee you, they were yanked high. Um, I don't know. It's just gonna have to be running through my process, mental process before every trigger pull, of. Breathe, squeeze, follow through. That way, you know, squeeze is, is obviously a trigger. I need to pull a good trigger pull. Uh, no zeros, luckily. Um, and the only, I guess you'd call a mental mistake that I had, I was very, I was very, other than the, the, I guess the, the pulled shots. I mean, that's part of your trigger pull. I don't know if you want to call that part of your mental game, but obviously I didn't adhere to my, you know, pre-shot checklist before every shot, um, the, pull, the pull trigger shots. I mean, my mental game was actually pretty pretty good. I didn't have any fuck-ups really. The only thing you I would consider a fuck-up was there was a stage that was a lollipop target on a T-post in front of a blue Dodge Ram. So there was a target behind it, a target in front of it. Then you moved over and looked at a car and it had a target in front of it behind it. And if you missed off these, you weren't unless you could see trace which it was you know they're kind of shady positions and uh, it, it was it was kind of tough to see trace there too um it was you know tough to see your hits and misses but i know i did at least one i pulled the trigger the plate was completely gray where it had no paint on it in front of a beat up rusted blue truck kind of a light blue truck i sh- i know i, pull- I- broke the trigger at the bottom of the lollipop because it was like where the bolts are because it was white and that's what my eye was drawn to and it was not on the plate and obviously the, the bottom of the lollipop is not as big as the, as the actual target itself so yeah, I probably just buzzed it off the edge on that one. it was a miss but I just shot at the wrong, wrong part of the target I, I have to say that was my only mental error. I know wrote the wrong dope down, didn't dial dope, uh, shot at wrong sequence, out of sequence. I had, I had none of those, which was to me a win, but it's still, and it was one of those matches where like two, two hits was a difference of um, like nine places in the um, leaderboard. So, it was it was a tight match, and it was you know very fair. I mean, the target size they were small targets, but they weren't like unfair small. And that Paul likes small targets; he really does. He and I believe it was a very fair course of fire for a match with small targets, if that makes sense. There was no like, oh God, I think it's huge. Other than, I guess you'd say the long range targets on uh, two of the stages, which is the same stage, just two days, um, they're IP6, and then the other long range stage were torsos, shoulders, and head, um, human torsos. So, but I, you know, all the other targets, but be positional or semi prone, which it was very, very little semi prone. It was a lot of positional. They were small targets, but it wasn't like, okay, this is impossible. It was fair. So, but the, but it was still the the uh, you know leaderboard. It was the end results that were all tight. It was I mean if you're five shots in between, you know, fifteenth and thirtieth or you know thirty second. It was it was tight. Um, so you know it is what it is. I don't I I couldn't expect much better. I mean. I'm just glad that my mental game was solid and I chalked that up as a win. But when you don't shoot for six months, you can't go out there and think you're going to burn it down and have a career fucking day. So, and that's not what happened. And that rarely, if ever, does happen. The whole like Rudy come from behind underdog story, it's statistically, it almost never happens. So don't expect, like, oh, you know, even though I didn't prepare for it, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to have a career day. Now you're probably not. You're probably going to do exactly as you expect, or worse, and that's just, just the way life is. Um, but moving forward, I got all my load development done for the 25 Creedmoor, 41 grains of 41 or uh, 4350 out of once-fired six Creed Hornady brass, large rifle primer. Um, all I had to do was just neck up, and I did. Ha- I did figure out that I had to. Uh, chamfer and deburr the brass because it was shaven. I, the The shavings looked like brass and not bullet but talking with me and CL and Jeff it, it has to be bullet but so they were shaving and the seeding of the bullets before chamfering and deburring was like a big clunk like it had much resistance on the cedar die and then boom it clunk over well on after I chamfer and deburred a couple and I was like, oh, that's that's way much better. That's way better. So I, I did that for the all the brass. I went back and chamfered and deburred. And then, uh, let's see, um, at 100, shooting great. It's got this 28, 27 feet per second. SD is like between eight and 12. That's fine. And then fast forward to, what's today? Thursday yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Ciel and Jeff were going to go check zero and shoot, get dope because Jeff is shooting his 6.5 PRC this weekend. The, the rifle that him and Ciel are going on an elk hunt in Idaho next month or this month. So he wanted to shoot it this, it's a Guardian match. So, you know, shoot fun stuff. He wanted to shoot it, and he hadn't shot it really at distance much, so he took it out there. And I didn't, with work, I didn't have time to take the day off again. I just did that before, the week before the last match. So, I sent them with my rifle, Kestrel, and 20 rounds of ammo mind money. I have not shot these Black Jacks past 500 yards yet, so I didn't know what the dope was gonna be they called me and they got the dope they said dude this thing grouped like a three inch group at a thousand yards a one inch group at 500 it's the gun is dialed and the load is killer the only weird thing is is that my dope the actual true what the bullet did and what the kestrel saying is nowhere near close and i was like what the hell i've never had that so he spit out the numbers to me and i'm on the phone with him looking through on, on ShriLock Pro and Ford Off, but just no Ford Off profile. It's just the BC, but you're using the Hornady calculator. They all spit out the same numbers. Now, my thousand, eight hundred and nine hundred and 900 were all off from what the Kestrel and the ShriLock Pro were saying. I could play with, play with the BC and play with the speed to get it to where the, thousand and eight hundred or like a tenth off i'm good with that but the 900 is the crazy thing it called for six four and J- cl was shooting it and cl was on glass it called for six four he dialed six four shot impact but jeff said it hit it right the ipsic right in the throat like by the hanger and cl thought now mind you he's the one shooting and cl and uh, jeff is on a you know spotter 45 henzolt spotting scope he says no you are about three or four tenths high come down he came down shot and shot two and they were damn near touching on the water line apparently so that was six six mils can't tell him to come down four tenths and that was six mils to hit now i've never seen a curve look like this typically between 800 and a thousand it's going to be within a tenth or two of what your dope difference is between eight and nine hundred, as it is between nine and a thousand, right? So, like we did, we looked, we were talking about it, we are looking at our six. I said, look at your six creed dope, and do the math. It was a one point one difference between eight and nine, and then one point one difference between nine and ten. Now, it's not going to be, may not. Work out to be exactly one in one or, or exactly tit for tat, but it's going to be close. It was five two with at 800, six at 900. That's only a 0.8 difference, and then 7.8 at a thousand. Now, mind you, they went three for three on a 10 inch plate at a thousand. I mean, as squared up dead center. And the bullets were damn near touching at a 1,000. So they know that dope was good. How do you go from a, a .8 difference from 800 to 9 to a 1.8 difference between 9 and 10? That curve doesn't look right. I don't know what happened. Now, I believe them when they say, hey, it 6 mils shot this thing dead center at 900. I believe them. I'm saying that something, either optically or I have no idea, but that dog don't hunt, and I'm gonna run the dope as if it's money and not even worry about it. So, it, it, and I asked him how the bullet did in the wind, and according to Jeff and CL, that the 25 Creedmoor cut his 153 and a half, whatever it is, 153 and a half grain 6.5 out of a PRC. It cut the wind hole in half, so like Jeff held four tenths or or half a mil at a thousand, and CL held two tenths, and got they both got center impacts. Now mind you, it was the wind must have been the same for when CL was shooting his dasher and when um, Jeff shot his 6.5 PRC, or in mine changed when they shot my rifle. Maybe I don't know. But they said, do this thing cheats to win like a son bitch, which is great. Um, it was a mirage monster. They said that the PRC, Jeff was shooting and CL said, shoot another one. Because I, I can't tell if that was the bullet or a bird flew in front of the scope. Because the, mirage, the uh, trace was so evident with that big ass bullet. Uh, it was a trace monster. So that's, uh, that's, that's cool. That's good. You know, that's easy for especially when, when elk hunting out in Idaho, their ability to, you know, see where that bullet goes on that animal, that's going to be nice and and also awesome for shooting a match. But either way, there's some funky shit going on, and, you know, I'm, I'd like to talk to Frank uh, or Phil or Kalen about it because they've got a lot of... And it wasn't just Ford Off. Jeff Jeff wanted to check and see, build a profile with applied ballistics with a custom curve for that bullet. His dope spit out the very same thing mine did. So it wasn't, it's not the calculators. It was, I think, something else was going on. Now, the 900-yard target and the 1,000-yard was a lot more shot up than the 800 and 500 and all that stuff. I mean, so maybe it was just a, a, a... they're mistaken where the impacts were or something. Maybe, I mean, that would be the most logical, but they swear up and down that, yeah, six mils was dead center on the water on the water line, damn near touching. One little gray splotch out of the target uh, where they hit. We're going to make it work. But that also goes to prove about the importance of grouping over Velocity spreads, now I'm not saying go out there with a, a extreme spread of 85 and expect to do well. But if the extreme spread was in like the 25, 30 range, but it groups tight, even at, I mean, it'll do it at distance. So, I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, you know, we had Eric Cortina on, we were doing, we were talking about that little tiny group that he shot on that was on camera, like an inch and a half or whatever, at five shot group at a thousand. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he said that that ammo, in particular, has an SD of 18. Um, if that's true, then that goes on the side of this. Hey, look, I've got an SD, of, depending on how many rounds you shoot, 8 to 12 or whatever. And it's grouping a 3-inch group at 1,000 out of a you know PRS-built gun. Out of Hornady, shitty Hornady, once-fired 6-Creed brass that's necked up. You know, and large rifle primers. That's not a recipe typically for exact precision. You know, the, the poor will go bust. But uh, I wanted, I got some large rifle primers I want to use up and save all. I mean, I've got tons. I've probably got ten thousand small rifle primers. But uh, speaking of which, I just got two thousand in from Brownells. Brownells had uh, small rifle primers come in, and they were I limit you to two thousand, two bricks. Uh, per address or whatever, or order. And they actually had a lot. I told CL about it, Jeff about it. They got some. They were selling them all day long into the next day, apparently. Um, but so it, hopefully that's a sign of good things to come. Uh, CCI 450s at Brownells, that was nice. So keep an eye out there for more primers stuff coming in. But uh, yeah, it's just, if you've got a good group Typically, it's going to hold all the way out. I've I've come to the camp. I used to be in the camp of a as long as your speeds are are pretty close together, your 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 extreme spread and your extended deviations are, are low, that they're going to they're going to group shoot well at distance. Well, I'm here. To, I'm actually in the ballpark of, or I should say, in the camp of. If it groups well, it's gonna group well, like all the way out. Now, I don't know if that's positive compensation. The slowest round is getting released at the top of the vibration, and then the fastest rounds getting released at the bottom to where they intersect and meet in the middle, to where the speeds aren't necessarily, don't matter as much, you know, your average matters as far as your accuracy, but the precision will be from just how how well the thing groups. I don't know. I don't really care. It's it's shooting good. So the problem is, is that we are going to be probably swamped this weekend. Uh, It's calling for rain all day Saturday. Which, if it wasn't a guardian, it wouldn't rain. But if it's a guardian, prepare for rain. So that's. I think I've shot one guardian that didn't rain. Um let's see anything else uh so tomorrow we're leaving tomorrow morning we'll meet up at jeff's mom's house in pactolus and we're gonna hit the road about 9:30 ish 9:45. we're gonna get into hillsborough i'm gonna take them to the wood nickel and get some wings some delicious ipa beer um, and then we're gonna get back on the road head up to pig river precision looking forward to it it's gonna be a good time gary larson of the guardian sent out an email to everyone in my squad now i don't know if this is just something gary does to all the squads but and he said our squad specifically and had our listed uh, names of our squad and said that vegas odds has that someone in your squad will win well there's mike burns his girlfriend this is i don't know how many matches she shot but um, she's going to be in there. You got Jeff, you got CL, you've got Scott Whitehead, you got Laurel, um, Aiken I, I can't remember that's how you say her last name. I met her in person at the last match and she's her, her dad are real cool people. We've got who else? We got Patrick Young's so Oh, Patty's going to be in there. Um, yeah, myself. I'm not really worried about me winning, but, uh, and then we've got a couple other people that have shot the ten or more matches or whatever. And so I'm I mean, I believe we got a pretty stacked squad. I believe he's right, but I don't know. Gary may have sent that out to all the squad, like, hey, Vegas I says, you got someone in here's gonna win. Who knows? Gary's a silly guy. You silly goose Gary. I know you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, but I it sounds legit. I mean, given the people that I know in the squad and then looking at the other squads, we've got a pretty Pretty stacked squad for this match. Um, So if it doesn't happen, if it does, it doesn't matter. I I think I'm going to sandbag and shoot horrible so that maybe I'll uh, get paired up with someone in my squad that's going to win it on Sunday. But we're looking forward to it. We're going to have a good time. Um, anything else I want to touch on before we jump off here? Just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a, a little what's what about the weekend. Might, might record one. Uh, speaking of which, yeah, I got I purchased a new laptop that is strictly purposed for the podcast, so drop damn near a cool grand on a laptop just for this podcast. Making my investment for you guys to help with streamlining the process, not having any you know, horrible dinosaur computer glitches that I was having because it was so old. The computer was so old. I've wiped almost everything that I know I can wipe off of this new computer that would potentially slow things down and get as much memory freed up. So we, we, we're moving quick. Loading speeds are good. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing it, investing in the podcast for your benefit. And uh, hopefully it all pays off in the end. But anyway, guys, I don't really have anything um, else that I wanted to cover. So, uh, well, you know, you guys think, uh, keep uh, Frank Galley in your thoughts because he's, he's dealing with some family stuff. I was talking to him, uh, what was it, Tuesday? And his, his mom has got some health issues and then he's got some, I guess, homing issues with his mom because she's from Connecticut and he's in Colorado there's not a, a great big family support. There's actually, there's absolutely none in Colorado. Frank is always on the road and going everywhere. And back home, everybody's kind of got their busyness and own family stuff going on. So he's going through some tough stu- some tough times and some stuff that he's it's just kind of weighing on him. And it is, you know, it's affecting his work and his ability to, to go here and there. and. So just, he, I mean, he kind of unloaded, and it was, you know, I, I feel for him. You know, I think as I told him, this is probably a situation that most people with, you know, parents, they elderly parents, are going to have to deal with. And um, it's, you know, I feel for him. I really do. So I told him if there's anything I can help him with, you know, all you do is, all you going to do is call. So just keep him in your thoughts. And... Uh, yeah i think that's it for this podcast and uh, hey, look out for maybe one coming out of the out of the match this weekend or or, or truck casting the way back with jeff and zl we'll see so y'all uh y'all keep it frosty and hope everybody has a good weekend don't forget to like share comment and rate any of the those four or all four be great And we'll keep this thing cooking, guys. Appreciate it.